This is episode 48, yes. Numbers are hard sometimes. Okay, everybody, welcome to the Podcast Dude, episode 48. This is a show about how to make better podcasts. My name is Aaron Dowd, and I've got a special guest for you today, professional voiceover artist Jay Britton. Jay, welcome to the show, sir. That's all right. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. You've, you've done some some really cool work, man. Like You work for some legit companies. Uh, HBO, you've done some work on Game of Thrones. I see you've done work for Marvel and Amazon and a bunch of others. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited to have you on today, man. Uh, for the listeners, this show, this, the, the idea for this show came about because I, I was getting a lot of questions about voiceover work. You know, how do I get started as a voiceover artist? What kind of gear do I need to buy? What kind of recording environment do I have? You know, and, and, and something that I actually get asked a ton is how do I become a better speaker? Because as podcasters, uh, speaking is very, very important. And I think the, your ability to talk can either make or break a show. So uh, most podcasters are interested in being a better speaker. So I, that's what I wanted to have you on the show today to talk about, because you you make a living from from voiceover work. And so I'm, I'm really curious to hear about how you got started in that and, and hear some of your tips for how other people can do that and how they can improve their their speaking voices and all that kind of stuff. So we're gonna we're gonna play the intro music and then we're gonna jump right in. Yeah, thanks, thanks, dude. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time. Oh, any, I'll talk to anyone that'll listen. <laughs> awesome. This is episode forty-eight of the podcast, dude. Let's get into the show. Okay, Jay, Mr. Jay Britton. Thanks again for coming on today, man. Tell me, tell me about your story, man. How did you get started? Where, where did all this begin? Did you, did you, were you born with, with a golden voice, and did you decide at a very early age to become a voiceover artist? Yes, yes, and no. I, depending on how it's coming across on the recording, I don't have anything special about my voice, really. I don't have a, a lovely Barry White esque kind of, you know, sound to me. My voice is nothing. Um, you know, particularly amazing. But when I was a kid, yeah, right from a very early age, I think I blame like the Animaniacs and the Simpsons and all those yes. kind of shows. <laughs> you know, I just I just wanted to do voices and I did I did silly voices and I was that guy in school who, you know, you'd poke and make them do funny voices. Um <laughs> but like so many things in life I kind of um, you know, pursued something a bit more sensible. So mm. I had about I left college and went straight into IT. So I had about a Ooh. oh ten or twelve year career working in IT. Wow! Um, first, yeah, because um, I didn't follow my passion like a stupid, stupid man. <laughs> and then, of course, I got to a point in my life, and I was like, "Yeah, do you know what? This is pretty boring. I can't, I can't be doing with IT for for the rest of my life." So I went, "Well, what did I really want to do?" And and that was voiceover. So I kind of very tentatively took the first steps into into getting started um and i think that's that's the scariest bit is when you you know when you take that very very first baby step so i kind of just looked around and looked one of the first things i did was look for a, a voice coach and the first the first guy i went to i didn't know if i was going to get robbed or not but i basically <laughs> I, I went i booked like a workshop in london uh for i think it was like for a couple of hours so i went in my lunch break from uh from work i was working in london so i got on the tube and shot over to this studio in in London and I got a little little bit of training and we recorded a couple of of, uh, of demo tracks it wasn't even a demo reel it was like four mm. separate tracks that were just examples of character voices and 
commercial reads and all that kind of stuff. And then, then slowly I started to try and sort of find work through it. Um, and then it was a, a bit of a journey really building from that into, into what I you know have and do now. I kind of definitely had a false start. Um, I kind of kept it on the sidelines and, and why well, I, I always refer to as I dabbled, you know, I didn't, yeah. I didn't commit, mm. um, to the idea of getting my voiceover business off the ground. So I kind of did that for, a uh, three years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day when I, you know, just had a bad day at work and, uh, sat in the kitchen with my wife and having a beer and I'm just like, oh, I hate this so much. And she's like, look, why don't you do this voiceover thing properly? And that's when I went a bit mental and I, I got coaches <laughs> over in the States and flew out to LA and got re- new, new reels done and, uh, built uh, a new voiceover booth at home and got some proper kit and, and went hell for leather trying to build the business and that was just over two years ago now and now um now i've got a huge studio in my garden which i'm about to cut the ribbon on and open up oh that's Um, exciting man yeah so um yeah it was a little bit kind of you know started off very very slowly and then when i finally made my mind up that it was possible um and threw a lot more in it that's when it kind of all came together that's awesome so so how old were you when you like when you decided to start dabbling in the voiceover work. Oh, God, I have to do maths now. No, um, I'm sorry. 20... I'm so sorry. <laughs> I talk. I don't do numbers. What I know. I? I'm terrible uh, at it, too. Yeah. Uh, 20. Hang on. I just got married. So we're in that house. About 27. 27. Okay. Yeah. So and I'm then 31 was... now. I'm 31 in a month or two. So gotcha. Yeah. About 26, 27 years old, I'd have been. Awesome. Awesome. So, so you, you dabbled in it for a couple of years and then, and then you kind of decided to start taking it seriously. And the whole time you were working uh, a full-time job as a IT professional, uh, yeah. you don't yeah. have to go into too much detail, but I'm curious what, what kind of IT work support? It was, um, it was network architecture. So it was a pretty, um, wow. kind of like a consultant level position. So it, was, it wasn't a stress-free job. Um, hmm. uh, you know, and, and I've, I've had that up until, you know, quite recently it's, um, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's it's tailed off as the voiceover tailed up, um, you know, and eventually it got ditched altogether. But yeah, that time I was I was getting my voiceover business off the ground while still running, uh, you know, still working Monday to Friday, nine to five. You know, it was pretty it was pretty intense because when I'd start getting bookings as I got more and more busy, it was harder to find the time and mm. you know booking yeah. holiday from work to get a sessions in London and then that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it was really awkward transition but then you know once once i was on the other side it's all good fun that is that is awesome so so i gotta ask you what uh what kind of gear what kind of kit i think is how you refer to it <laughs> what kind of yep. kit did you have when you were when you were first starting to dabble i had and this is terrible i had <laughs> okay. it was like hang on let, well, let me put this in dollars it would have been about 30 dollars maybe a 30 dollar usb microphone I think it did it have a built-in pop shield. I think it had a built-in pop shield. Nice. And then I for my booth, my my entire level of sound treatment was um basically two bits of foam stood up in a V behind the microphone and then a then a match a, a duvet over my head. <laughs> Super professional. Oh but- yeah, yeah, totally. That's how I started. But but it got you started, right? Like did you did yeah. you actually get yeah get induced some paying gigs like that yeah i booked i booked a lot of work on on that mic and um kind of this was a little bit about what we were talking about before the show about usb microphones but mm-hmm. i booked the marvel gig was booked what? on that kit and recorded on that kit that's um, insane 
Yeah, this was it's one of those things when you get like that like, um, imposter syndrome is mm. I booked this gig with Marvel and it was uh, the voice of Jarvis for some promo stuff for Avengers uh the first first Avengers film. Wow. And and that was me in my in my little terraced <laughs> house in England. <laughs> Um, in, in my study with this little pop-up pop-up booth and a and a duvet over my head, and I'm I'm friggin' skyping <laughs> the the creative agency in Canada and Marvel in New York. Wow! Um, and you know they have no idea what they do now. I suppose, um, <laughs> but they have no idea. I was just you know voice on the mic at the other end of the line, and kind of you know I didn't need to say. By the way, I'm under a duvet. Um, you know, we just we just did the job, and that was that. But um, yeah. you know, it was that was on a cheap microphone. Well, I gotta ask though, how much how much did you actually know about things like input gain levels and and doing post production stuff, or was that handled by somebody else? At that point, I knew very little. Um, I, I was pretty much flying by the seat of my pants. So I, most clients at that stage didn't require much doing to the audio, you know, just sort of be a bit of a cleanup and, and normalizing it and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I basically knew that I didn't want to go over the red line. That was kind of... That's if, a good, if, that's a know, good starting if point. You're to, if you're chopping the top off, you know, <laughs> yeah. dial it down. Definitely. Um, and that was it really. So I was, yeah, I wasn't particularly knowledgeable um, at that point. It was really kind of just flying by the seat of my pants a little bit. Well, that's awesome, and I, I think that'll be really inspirational for for anyone who's feeling intimidated. Because because on my sh- on this show, I talk a lot about getting good sound quality, and I talk about because I kind of got my start helping people edit podcasts. But a lot of that was I was giving them coaching advice about recording levels, and then I was doing a lot of post production, EQ, compression, limiting, noise removal. And I'm I'm yeah. I just I care about sound quality a lot, and and I hate to see a good podcast ruined by poor sound quality. So so I talk about it and I share what I've learned about it. But a lot of people are intimidated because they're like a you know I don't know I can't like. They can hear a, a, a poorly recorded track, but they couldn't tell you how to fix it, or they couldn't tell you, you know, they don't know how to how to make it better. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm a big believer in, in you know in simplicity, especially mm-hmm. now with with so much of the kit that that is out there. Even you know, and again, it's a it's a bone of contention across the voiceover world, really. But you know, there are good USB microphones out there. I mean, I'm talking to you now on a on a USB microphone because I've I've ripped all the internet provision out of my voiceover booth right now. Mm, yeah. Um, but this is great. I mean, I've done paid work on this, you know, at this level now, and it's fine. And I think if you get the right kit, um, you know, and as I'm sure you know, it doesn't you don't need a lot of knowledge just to be able to do the basic treatment of yeah. of audio, you know, just to know when you're hitting the peaks and j- just to know to compress and equalize and stuff. Yeah. And if you use something simple, um, you know, I'm a big fan of simplicity. Me too. Um, me too. And it's not as daunting as, um, as you think, just, I mean, just record stuff and, and just play. That's mm-hmm. one of the best ways to learn. So which, uh, so, so which USB microphone are you currently on and, and what kind of gear do you have for your, your full-on recording studio? Uh, so this one is the Rode NT USB, mm. um, which is really nice, actually. It, it's, um, yeah, it's not, it's not a very hot mic, so it's good if it's, you're in a slightly noisy kind of environment. Um, I can get quite a clean, uh, clean audio out of this, but this is basically my backup slash travel mic. Um, although in the actual booth, I'm rocking uh, a Sennheiser 416 shotgun mic, ah, which is gorgeous. Um, and uh, pretty much the voiceover standard of a, of a Neumann TLM 103. Oh, um, I like that as well. Um, but I always think mics are like 
they're like wine and meat. You know, if if <laughs> this is a weird analogy, if my voice is a steak, it will go with a certain type of wine. Yes. Um, by which I mean the right mic for me is not necessarily the right mic for everyone. Very true. So I don't, you know, you'll hear a lot of people go, oh, you have to have this mic. And it's like, well, yeah, it depends what you want to pick up in your voice. Like the Sennheiser 416, for me, it picks up the bassiness in my voice um, mm. more than something like the Neumann. And because it's a shotgun mic, if I point it at my chest, my throat, my mouth and my nose, I can get different different responses, which is really handy for character work because I can I can make it affect the character voice really easily. Wow, that that's really interesting. Can we explore that for a couple of minutes? Yeah. Um, so what I generally find is if I'm doing something like, um, so if I sort of drop into sort of a Gandalf sort of sound, you silly hobbits, <laughs> that kind of voice where it's 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 a bit gruffer and um, I want to hit the base of it even more. Uh. If I point the shotgun mic at more towards my chest, it will pick. It will just pick up more resonance than it does if it's directly at my mouth. Interesting. Yeah, and if you want a warmer sound, generally, I don't know why it works this way, but if I mm. the lower I point the microphone on my body, the more bassiness it picks up, and the higher I point it, the the higher frequencies it seems to pick up more. Interesting. Um, yeah. So if I was kind of doing like a little uh, like a little nerdy guy who's up here, I point the the four one six of my nose because that's where I'm placing the voice. The voice is in the nose. So if I place the mic at the nose, it just enhances that sound. That's brilliant. Uh, Matteo in the chat says brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so any, now, well, any excuse to do a silly voice. Hey, the hey the people love it, man. So. Do, <laughs> I was going to ask you if you ever break into these kind of voices randomly, but I'm sure you do. <laughs> yeah, I had I, just because this is this is the fun part of the job, the really fun part of the job. I had what I, what I call a Robin Williams moment, um, who you know is is one of my no is is my hero. Period. Um, and I was I was doing a not a boring gig. That's unfair, but it's it was a corporate gig, so you know sure. it wasn't animation. Sure. Um, but they wanted to video me doing. Uh, the recording because it was to f to form part of a video where they're introducing me as the voice of this brand so they were only recording visuals hmm. so they didn't care what i was saying <laughs> so they said you know just just do some of your silly voices or whatever so i started reading this corporate script and then just started ad-libbing in all these characters and just going <laughs> off on uh, ad-libbed improvised nonsense for you know 10 minutes of 20 different character voices and that that's when it's really nice and fun <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's yeah. uh, that's that's brilliant. Uh, okay, so so that's that's really really cool. Different different. I mean, I, I guess I've always kind of known that the mic placement is really really important, but it, it, but it's cool to know. And I don't know. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll start talking over my microphone. I don't know if it'll work as well with a with a Shure SM7B. Yeah, or other it does depend. Mics. I mean, the only part of the reason I only think it works so well with the four one six is because it's a shotgun mic. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if you had something with a with a broader pattern, it would work quite as well. Well, that still that's that's really good to know. All right, so that's man, I like that. So, what kind of advice would you give to people who are interested in starting doing voiceover work? It's really the the first thing is to know that forget the creative side of it when you think about getting into it because mm. it's it's you are starting a business that's what you have to get your head around yeah um the way voiceover works comparative to 
to say on screen acting is it's very much like your own business um you're very isolated as a voice artist because most of your work is going to be done from home now in a home studio yeah which um, is kind of awesome it, you... yeah it is awesome it is great um you, you know you get a bit crazy because you might not see another human being for six true, weeks true or you go it's it's you know you've grown a beard and realize you've not seen daylight in 12 <laughs> years uh, it can get a little bit like that um but you have to approach it very much like starting a business so you have to consider things like um your training you know where do you go and get get trained uh, what where do you invest your money to start the business how are you mm. going to brand your voice how are you going to market your voice what's the competition what does the market want from voiceover actors at the moment so you have to really think of it like that and if you think of it like that and hit all those kind of points you're at you're in a, a massive advantage over someone who basically, you know, who just gets a mic, records some stuff uh, and just tries to get work. You've got to plan it out like a proper business. And the the, the, the main thing is training. Um, I'm a big proponent of, of coaches. Um, you know, I've had four different coaches um, when I was getting started. Each genre of voiceover has such the minutiae of how to to speak in the varying genres mm -hmm. um you've you've got to learn and understand um and they'll help you with just understanding the industry as well so i think a, a voice coach is a great place to start and you just you get coached you get a simple home studio setup unless you've got money to burn in which case you know just build a massive great big studio with <laughs> thousands of pounds worth of kit yeah. um you know get your simple home studio and then just start start going for work and there's only really three places that you ever get work in voiceover. Hmm. Um, three ways to get work. First is through an agent. The second is through pay-to-play websites where you where you just pay, you become a member, and you get access to auditions. Oh, really simple. And then the third is is your direct marketing. So that's you know you reach out directly to production companies and you know you just phone them up and go, hey, I'm a voice actor. Do you guys need voices? Here's here's me, and you start building those relationships. And if you have a plan for how you you're going to hit all three of those, you'll start you'll start booking work. Interesting. Can you can you can you share how you kind of got started with yours? Did you did you work with an agent or on one of those sites, or did you reach out to people directly? Yeah. So I started um, when I had my awful, awful, awful reels when I first started. <laughs> I, I was up on one of the play to play websites, Voice One Two Three. Um, so I started auditioning for work there. That's where I started. And then once I got a couple of gigs, you know, you, you, you get a bit of, bit of money behind you and I, and that was it really. That was kind of my, my dabbling. I just sort of stayed on that website and, you know, picked up a bit of work here and there. And then when I decided I was going to do it properly, I quite literally threw about 10,000 pounds onto a credit card wow. to train with, um, I got myself a commercial coach, an animation coach, um, a promo coach, and then I and I flew out to LA and got my proper reels done. Um, and once I had those, I hit all the pay-to-plays again, and then I started um, the direct marketing. So I started you know, researching on Twitter and Google, all the production companies, phoning them up, um, giving them my my reels and my details and my website and stuff mm -hmm. and uh, networking as well you know meeting other voice actors uh, meeting games producers you know going to to networking events um and just sort of starting to get your name out there and then once i had a decent sort of offering if you like that's when mm -hmm. i went to to the agents and went you know here i am this is what i've done this is what i've got represent me damn it <laughs> yeah well that that's that's i think that's a fantastic strategy 
And hey, it worked, huh? Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a there's like a popular misconception that you get your work through an agent. Um, and now it's just it's just not the case um, because of the internet and because of the you know what's happened to voiceover is a bit like what's happened to photography. You know, mm. anyone can go on a on a website and buy a stock you know photograph now. Yeah. Um, and voiceover is becoming more and more like that. Agents will always have their place because agents now have kind of become niche in the fact that they look after all the big the big jobs you know your coca-cola adverts and mm. your huge triple a games they're always going to go via agents um but th- so much work now is via these pay-to-play websites and and working directly with the with the production companies in the fact that you could earn a voiceover living and not have an agent you don't need an agent i mean i love my agents I've, i'm I'm represented in in London and LA and Canada and uh, Utah and various other places, yeah. and they're all great. But they don't make up the majority of my income. Yeah, yeah, because because in a sense you're kind of like a um, you're you're almost like an actor that people know your name now that you've done a bunch of work and yep. they can reach out to you directly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you know you don't need to worry about oh well, I, how, I've got to get an agent. And get, and get started you don't you, you really don't and an agent won't take you on now unless you've, right. you've got a load of stuff to offer them right right now that makes sense so that's a man fantastic advice all right so anything else you want to touch on 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 uh people getting started we i know earlier we you mentioned that you got started on a on a pretty cheap usb microphone so i guess gear yeah. gear isn't as it's like you don't have to go out and spend 500 pounds or 600 dollars to to get started in this stuff right no, I mean, especially now. I mean, that was six years ago. So USB mics in that time have, have gone, um, you know, uh, and it, are infinitely better. I mean, there's there's like a little starter kit uh, on one website that I, I recommend, which is um, uh, it's a Focusrite starter kit. And it's, you know, it's got yeah. like the 2i2 um, and it's got a, it comes with a microphone and a set of headphones, an XLR mic and a set of headphones. And that's about 200 quid. Yeah. You know, that's all you need. And if, and you know, literally sit in a cupboard with some pillows and a duvet over your head. And, you know, I, I'm always one, I'm, I'm a big fan of, it doesn't matter how you start. It just matters that you start. Yeah. Um, you can yeah. always buy a better microphone. You can always build a voiceover booth. But the sure way to never be able to do any of those things is to never even start. So it doesn't matter how, just, just, do it. Start somewhere. That's fantastic. And that is going to be a takeaway quote for sure. <laughs> yeah. First I one's free it. of charge. Okay. I'm an actor. I've got to make money somewhere. That's true. That's true. That's true. Okay. All right. So let's uh, let's move on to the to the third and final segment. So are people born... born I did it again. Are people born with great voice... voice <laughs> I think I think I'm gonna have to take some just, coaching. Just man. cough and you, skip over that. Are people born <laughs> with great voices? So do you do you think people are born with great voices, or is you can is that something you can teach yourself? And and what kind of tips do you have for people who want to be better at speaking? Uh, and what did what did you do to to get better? So, people are born with a nice sound that their voice makes. Mm. Is that relevant in? Does that directly relate to their success potential as a voice actor? No, not in the slightest. Like I said, I don't have an amazing voice. I have a standard voice that sounds pretty much like every you know Joe Public, um, and so do my voiceover colleagues. You've got you've got your guys like you know Don Lafontaine. Um, for those who don't know, he was the the um, epitome of movie trailer voice. That was him. He is the inner world 
Um, oh line. yeah, yeah. And you know that's just that was that was him. He had that voice and it worked perfectly for him. That's fine. Would you have booked him to do a corporate voiceover? Probably not, because that big booming voice wouldn't suit a corporate voiceover. Right. So you're born with the voice you are born with that's it you can't change that i can't make myself sound like barry white Mm. um all you can do is understand how to use your own voice to its best abilities so mine i pride myself on having a really nice range of characters so i can go high i can go a little bit lower i can do accents and i can make my voice do funny things that's what my voice does but i'm never going to book a movie trailer because i don't have a movie trailer voice right and part of working in voiceover is understanding that you might find that you book work in a genre that you don't want to book work in mm. um, by which i mean it's no there's no point going yeah i only want to work in movie trailers if you don't have a movie trailer voice yeah um, but it doesn't mean that you can't be successful the power is in getting coached just in simple things like you know if you're doing uh, a promo for a tv show in america for example um you know like um all new big bang theory this sunday on tbs um <laughs> It's understanding how to break down that script. And when they, when somebody goes, okay, but can you make it slightly less funnier? Or can you make it slightly more arrogant? Or can you make it, you know, or change the inflection? It's, so much of it is based mm. on melody. Um, you know, like instead of going, um, the Big Bang Theory this Sunday on TBS or this <laughs> Sunday on TBS, just knowing how to play with it. That is so much more important than what you sound like, if that makes sense. Um, same with commercial copy, you know, how all of it is acting. If you can act, then, then you're 90% of the way there. As one of my coaches says, you know, as far as booking a job goes, 90% of it is, is how you understand the copy, how you perform the copy. And then the last 5% is genetics is just what you sound like. Um, Mm. you know, do you remind the casting director of an ex-boyfriend that she hates? Um, (laughs) you know, if you do tough, that's it. That might be why you don't book that job. But rather than worrying about the 5% of what you sound like, it's it's more important to worry about the 95% that you have control over, which is how you use what you have got. And very quickly, tips other than getting coached is just read. Read out loud every day. Ah, uh, yes. And it's, it's no good reading not out loud. You have to read out loud every day. And one of the things you get used to very quickly, and one of the things that is absolutely critical as a skill Um, especially if you're interested in video games is being able to read ahead of what you're of what is coming out your mouth yes um because then what it's what it does is two really important things you make less mistakes because you know what words are coming and you very rarely mess up the intonation of a sentence because you might get halfway through with one intonation and then the end of the sentence actually it wouldn't work the way you're saying it yeah um because it's not often you'll get a script and get to read it ahead of time um, whereas if you're reading ahead, you know, you can you can see it coming and you'll be surprised. Your brain can very quickly be reading three, four, five words ahead of what's coming out of your mouth. It feels slightly unnatural, but once you start doing it, you'll just you'll notice you start making less and less mistakes. And in video games, it's very important because, again, you won't see the script. I mean, I, I was doing a video game Friday um and they were running they were running late so it was just straight in uh your character is thief brother that's it right let's go line one go and you know i've not seen it i don't even you know i've not don't even know what the character is i don't know the context of the scene you're just in and go and the final line funnily enough have we recorded i think it was about 610 lines or something and the final line was something like on the script it was written like um that's fine we'll 
somehow find a way. But the first take, as I hit that line, I read it um, ahead and I decided to change it as I was reading it to, that's fine, we'll find a way somehow. Yeah. Because it just, as my character, it felt more natural to say it that way. Yeah. But I had to have the ability to read that line ahead and decide how I was going to change it as it was coming out of my mouth. And the director go, you know, went, no, that that's that's perfect. Yeah, that's that's the way around. That that you know that needed changing. Yeah, great. And they you know they left it at that take. So that's an important skill. So so read out loud for for an hour or two a day and foster the ability to sight read ahead of where you are, and you'll find you just start making less mistakes, and that then increases your confidence. That's that's fantastic advice. And you know, I I I do something similar because. A lot of the times on this podcast, I do solo shows, so I will like write out a blog post and then read it. And I, I've gotten pretty good at it, and I sound pretty natural. And I've had people tell me like, "Oh, I had no idea you were reading." And yeah. I think part of that yeah. is because reading things out loud is something I'd, I've done since I was a, a very small kid. Uh, <laughs> awkward. Uh, since I was very young, I, I read a lot out loud, and I always kind of prided myself on my ability to read things out loud. So yeah. now, you know, I'm 30 years old now. So as I write things out and I, I practice reading it in my head and I see how it sounds, and if I'm like, no, that, that doesn't sound natural, I'll go back and I'll rewrite it, and then I'll read it again out loud. All of this before I record the actual show, so that by the time showtime comes and I'm, I'm reading this script out, I've already kind of massaged it and rewritten it into my voice. And, yeah, absolutely. And so it makes it, it, makes it more natural, and, and I can also kind of... I guess I do have that ability of reading, scanning ahead a little bit and knowing what I'm going to say. And it yeah. helps when you're the one writing it. But but it sounds like you've developed that that skill quite a bit to to be able to do that on scripts that you didn't write, that you're not familiar with. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's immensely helpful, mainly because nobody has any time um, in this business. So if you can if you can nail something on the first take, then, then great. Um, and the, I mean, the other thing that is a great tip as well is is go and do some improv. Go and do improv and learn how to ad-lib because what that will do is it speeds up your brain. Um, it's mm. like, you know, the 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 auditory part of your brain in terms of speech and hearing, um, it's like, you know, just improving the synapses and the speed because if you can ad-lib and just create words in your, in your head and get them out your mouth quick, mm. um, then that, you know, it just helps reinforce those skills. Um, I mean, I was giving a talk... Uh, in London last week about video games and just started ad-libbing an old an old man talking like he was from Game of Thrones and you just make it all up on the spot um but you just learn to pull on all your experiences and you just increase the speed of brain to mouth yeah that's man that's fantastic i i i i'm going to have to have you back on the show again at some point in the future <laughs> cuz oh, cuz you're to. just you're just chock full of great advice man well, I, I, that's uh, that's the thirty minute mark, so I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up. Although I, I will say, stick around because we have some questions to answer in the after show, some from some people in the Sean West community chat. So, cool. Jay, man, thank you so much for coming on, dude. Like this was fantastic. If oh, if people pleasure. if people are interested in finding out more about you, where should they go? Uh, they can head over to voiceofjbritain.com. Um, and you can hear my reels there, um, and you can read a bit about. Uh, I do. Um, I do coach. Um, specifically, see, it happens to the best of us. I <laughs> yeah, do coach yeah. um, specifically guys entering voice the voice world um, for new. So it's it's not necessarily performance based. It's all the stuff about 
Where do you find work? How do you market yourself? How do you brand yourself? How do you get an agent? What are the pay-to-play sites? It's all that kind of stuff. Um, so if, you know, if anyone out there really wants to get started, pick my brains as well, as much as you like. Um, I'm always happy to answer emails and help anybody that wants to get started because it's such a fantastic industry. Yeah, I, I I would definitely encourage anyone if you found this interesting, if you're thinking about getting started, head over to voiceofjbritain.com and and hit Jay up, and uh, and and give him money too, because come on, this information is yeah. valuable. You deserve it, I'm, man. I'm an out of work actor. Please <laughs> help me, Fagin. <laughs> I was gonna ask, could you do a couple of uh, do a couple of lines in your your old man from Game of Thrones voice? I'm kind of curious about this. Oh, you sort of mean the man where I just started talking about the seven realms of easy kill down in the distant lands through the barren wastelands of Arathair. The dark king, Lord of Malastair, sends his armies down upon us like a plague never before seen since the year of 1084. And the last king, Eomer, came upon these lands as such a dark and evil brooding force bore down upon us. And that was ad-libbed. I just made that up. Wow, dude. Wow. Wow. <laughs> guys, guys, go hit this guy up. Uh, I'm, out, I'm out of breath now. <laughs> <laughs> Garrett says, damn, that was good. I agree. I agree. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know where to go from here. Uh, what do you do with that? What do you, where do you go from there? <laughs> where do you go from here? All right. Uh, if you guys have enjoyed this show, I'd, I'd really appreciate if you head over to uh, thepodcastdude.com slash iTunes and leave me a review. Mention mention that you like Jay. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, all the publicity, please. All the publicity. Give me, give me everything. All the publicity. Seriously, uh, if if you um you guys hear me talk about the Sean West community all the time, if if you're interested in in transitioning into a, a a new career, like doing your own thing, making a living, doing something that you love, I highly recommend checking it out. SeanWest.com/community. We this place is full of people who are both trying to find their way to doing what they love full-time and also people that are doing what they love full-time and are helping other people and giving advice and we hang out in this live chat and we stream live podcasts it is just a phenomenal phenomenal community and i highly recommend you check it out uh if you want to follow me the podcast dude on twitter if you want to ask me questions you can email me aaron at the com. And I'm on Snapchat at Aaron CWA. Jay, Jay, I got to ask you, are you doing Snapchat? I, I think I might have to. <laughs> Dude, um, you would kill it. You'd kill it. <laughs> I have to. Yeah, I think I will at some point because I've noticed some of my voiceover colleagues starting and I'm like, oh. I'm in my 30s. I shouldn't be on Snapchat. But dude, dude, don't, don't, don't listen to that voice inside your head, man. It is super fun. Just think of it as like micro-vlogging. It's okay. like you just right. pick it up and I'm, be like, "I'm there." And and plus, you do funny voices, so you would you would crush it. Like, yeah, ah, oh, you just like, "Hey guys, check out my studio," but you do it in like a, a whatever funny voice you want to do it in. <laughs> All right, yeah, I pretend it's my normal voice. Uh, hi. Uh, <laughs> so I've got a couple of corporate pieces to record today. Yeah, that could, that could work. Uh, dude, please, please hit me up. Whatever you get your, whatever you get your username sorted out, I'll go back and add it to the to the show notes. Uh, show right, notes I'm for on this it. episode. I'm logging on now. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, show notes for this episode can be found at thepodcastdude.com slash forty eight. And man, uh, dude, this has just been fantastic. <laughs> so let's uh, let's play this outro music because we got to get to we got to get to a couple of questions. We're 
Cool. I'm, hopefully we can get out of here under 45 minutes. I told you that that, that was how long it was going to take. So that'd be, that'd be cool. I think my son's waiting for me to put him to bed. Ah, uh, awesome. All right. Well, quick outro music, man, and then we'll jump right back into it. Cool. Okay, let's see. We we did answer a couple of these questions. I'm going to throw you, I don't know if this is a hard one or not, but community member Toby had asked, what about working with unions? Is that a is that a thing you do? Yeah, it's it's very different UK versus US. Mm. Um so in the in the UK, we have an actors union, but it uh it has no teeth, if if you know what I mean. So it, yeah. we don't have a separate union and non-union work. Um, it's just that the <clears throat> the actors union will get involved if there's any disputes and you need some some help. Whereas obviously in the US you've got SAG-AFTRA, um, and generally speaking, if you are a member of SAG-AFTRA, you only do union work mm-hmm. um, unless you're something called FICOR, where you can technically do both. Um, it de- it really depends. I mean, if 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 you're just starting out, there's no point um, joining the union um whatsoever to be perfectly honest Hmm. um and more and more work is going non-union in in um in the states and i had uh i can't say the company but i had an audition for a a huge games company and it was non-union and that was because they were concerned about the impact of any sag after strike if they hired union actors ah um so I would say if you're in the States and you're looking to start voiceover, don't join the union until you're forced to join the union. <laughs> and it doesn't actually um, present uh, prevent you from booking union work um, because you you can book it and you get what's what's called Taft-Hartley where the next union book, you you uh, next union job you book after that, you would have to join the union. So it's not even necessarily a blocker to booking your first big union gig. And it's you know it's like five thousand dollars to join. Um, so the start of your voiceover career that would be much better spent on training and kits and pay to play website memberships and things like that. So yeah, with the way the industry is going, I wouldn't really worry about union until you're forced to for some reason. Awesome, awesome. Well, that uh, that sounds right. I'm not super familiar with that world, but uh, <laughs> thanks thanks for answering that. Uh, okay, so. Richard Ross had asked, what are some of the best methods to get in front of casting agents? What elements are they looking for in a vocal reel? Is sending in a vocal reel the best way to get hired for voiceover gigs or starting a relationship with those casting agents? Interesting one. Um, So, in general, it's not the casting... Well, okay, there's there's two sides to this. Okay. There's casting agents... Or mm-hmm. as we would call them, I suppose, over here, casting directors, mm. and then there are agents. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, so if you're looking to get, so what an agent will do is they will represent you and present you to a casting director for them to then consider you for for the job. Mm. Um, 
So in one was one avenue where you need to get yourself an agent, and the best way to do that is, in all honesty, is by referral. Um, so make sure you have you know a kickass uh, sound reel, uh, uh, voice reel, and you know some credits to your name, and then this this is where you know networking with other voice actors pays off is hmm. if you meet a voice actor who's at the same agency that you would quite like to be part of yeah um you know get to know them don't don't be a douchebag i mean you know right, right. build a friendship with them first yeah. and then when you know each other and you trust each other ask them if they would mind referring you into their agent um i mean that's how i got my london agent bizarrely i'd sent my london agent my reel um about a month before i uh, found someone to refer me in and they 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 took me on straight away except when i sent them my reel the month before i didn't get a reply so <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, and that's because you know thousands of people want to be voice actors you've got to find yeah. a way to stick your head above the crowd um mm. and having one of their existing talent come to them going oh, i found this guy he's got a great voice have a look at him you're going to get more attention and more likely to book with an agent doing it that way so that's the best way to get a, a an agent in terms of working with casting directors or casting agents is generally they are quite behind the scenes people. Mm. Um, and for obvious reasons, they're not necessarily the most receptive people to being like bombarded by potential actors. Right. Right. Um, so generally speaking, the best way to get to know them and work with them is, is if you can try and just organically get a job, where they happen to be involved. So for example, this has happened with me where my agent has sent me to an audition and then I use that time when I'm at the audition to to try and start building that relationship with the casting director. The other way to do it is a lot of them are on Twitter um, and things like social media is a great and powerful tool now mm -hmm. for building relationships with people that would otherwise be out of your reach. Um, so, you know, find casting directors on, on Twitter and, and follow them and, just don't be salesy about it. You know, yeah, build yeah. that relationship with them. You know, if they if they tweet a funny picture about their cat, don't reply going, I'm a voice actor, please hire me. I love you so much. Um, <laughs> you know, just say, oh, that's cool. My cat sat on my head this morning. Um, <laughs> you know, build that relationship. People, yeah. the, ultimately, people work with people. Um, yeah. You know, so don't you don't need to, th you know, smash your voice reel in their face. <laughs> Take the time to build that relationship. Um so that's that's the way I I play it and use use your interactions with them in a professional capacity to start building those relationships. Um, but in general, it's not the casting directors that you want to be targeting first. It's it's the agents, and then you know once you're networking in the right circles, um, you know, and organically meeting casting directors, um, that's where you can do it. But your interaction with them will be will be minimal usually. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah, and I, I found that the relationship aspect is so so important for me as a freelancer when i was first getting started with editing podcasts full-time i got the majority of my good clients from referrals so yeah, i would i would just definitely. do a, a good job i would i'd be friends with people i wouldn't i wouldn't push myself if i saw an opportunity to to provide some value then i would i'd offer yeah. advice or help or i'd encourage someone or just do do things that a good friend would do and eventually people, you know, people just came to trust me and the, you know, when they, when they had some work or they knew somebody that needed some work done, they, they'd say, Hey, you know, go, go talk to Aaron because he'll help you out. And, yeah, uh, and yeah, I think, absolutely. I think that works similarly in, in almost any industry really. Yeah. I mean, I, I was totaling it, uh, totaling it up the other day and I've done 22 games titles in the last, uh, two and a half years and, Whew. 
something like 80% of those titles I got involved with through networking. They didn't come through my agent. They didn't come through pay-to-play websites. They didn't come through direct marketing. They just came through people that either I knew or I'd met or I'd you know had a drink with at a networking event. Like I say, people people buy from people and they work with people. They're not not they're not interested in so much in your brand, which is why like on social media, don't like every single tweet go, here's a video I just narrated. Oh look, here's my new reel. Oh, check out my website. You know, buy from me, buy from me, buy from me. It should right. be like five tweets about your cat and the fact that you've lost your keys for the hundredth time this week. And then one tweet about, oh, by the way, here's a cool video I did. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I I it's it's hard, you know, because you wanna you wanna strike that balance between providing things that other people will find valuable and then also showing, you know, showing your personality and showing who you yeah, really are. Absolutely. And and it is it is kind of a struggle because some people might want to follow you, like say if you're like me and people know me as uh, you know, the the podcast dude, uh, they wanna know about podcasting. Well, every once in a while I wanna tweet about this other thing or this yeah. music that I'm really, really enjoying. And so it's hard to find that balance. But I, I'd say in general, you know, try to provide value. And, and I found that those those one-on-one interactions are super, super valuable. Respond to people's tweets, be personable, uh, show a little bit of your personality and and just try not to be that person that is always about just, you know, me, 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 buy my stuff, check out my stuff, me, me, me. Yeah. So. And, and, and the other thing I always say is um, is give it time. I mean, right. people, under, especially in you know, in the modern world, we, everybody wants everything to happen ten minutes ago. Um, <laughs> and the biggest jobs I've worked on, I mean, I, I'm doing a, a video game later this year. Um, I think it's going to start later this year, but it's it's with, you know, it's, it's going to be a huge thing. It's fully motion capture. It's with Troy Baker. It's you know, it's going to be a big game. And I got in, involved in that through through a. a, a very lucky meeting with the director who's going to be directing the game but then by keeping in touch with him for eight months um yeah before we even discussed a role or me being involved in the project it took us eight months between when we first met and we actually sat down and had a talk about it and that's a long time it's a long time to continue to pursue a lead and to to build a relationship so you know you don't expect things to happen to uh, overnight um you really got to just be prepared to to play the long game uh, we're all about the long game here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So one last question, and then we'll bounce off. And this is actually from Eric. And Eric is one of the visual artists that works on the Halo games. Oh, sweet. Good yeah. work. So, so maybe you guys should uh, should chat. I don't know I was if you... say, yeah. <laughs> do, do Here's, my card. Here's my card. I'm a voice actor. <laughs> Buy from me. Hey, you did a great job with this podcast episode, man. He knows who you are now. That's, but that's awesome. So Eric asked, do, do, the, do the clients usually expect you to process your own recordings or do they have their own editor or sound guys to do it? Uh, and is it important for you to know how to master your tracks? So the answer there is prob- probably 50-50. I think half my clients probably do and half don't. Whenever I, if you book anything through your agent, that is almost 100% of the time going to be going to a studio. Um, you record it there. You know, they've, they've got an engineer there who's responsible mm. for the recording, the mixing, and providing the audio to the, to the client. Anything you record at home, nine times, you know, almost 100% of the time, they're going to expect you to do it all. So where you're looking at those pay-to-plays and the direct marketing, 
all of those kinds of clients, which are basically all the people that beforehand would probably have never considered getting voiceover done because it was, you know, just kind of too complicated and difficult. But now they can just click on a website. Right. Um, they're going to expect you to be able to to provide them with audio ready to go. Yeah. And quite a few of my clients will also want me to match it to picture or I've got a, a Spanish e-learning client who who sometimes wants me to lip sync it as well, which lip syncing English to Spanish is Ooh. a challenge. Um <laughs> So there are all those kinds of things to do. But generally speaking, most clients will want the audio pretty raw. If it's a corporate client, they generally just want it clean with good levels, um, you know, no massive peaks um, and troughs in terms of the, di- the dynamic dynam- mm-hmm. dynamicism of it. Yep. Not too dynamic. There we go. Um, <laughs> so you do need to be confident with editing audio, you know, taking breaths out, taking, um, you know, fluffed lines out, taking any mouth clicks out of the audio Hmm. and, you know, basic treatment, equalizing, compressing, normalizing. But other than that, you don't need to worry too much because, I mean, you know, 100% of the stuff I do is, is single track, dry vocal audio. You know, it's not a multi-track piece. I'm not mixing music in. So when you're starting out, you just need to be confident in providing clean audio and that's you know that's a couple of clicks and a couple of tools in your in your software but again you know if as as you start to build your business i've got a couple of voiceover colleagues you know who some have a music background some play instruments who then build that into their business that they'll you know they'll record you a jingle and and add that in or they're really really good with audio software so they offer the ability to send us send us your music and we'll mix it in and and sort the levels out Yep, but it's entirely up to to you if you add that into your business. But at the, at the basic level to get started, you just need to be able to provide clean audio, and that's it. Gotcha, gotcha. So I would say learn how to do that, and then as time goes by, maybe add the the mixing and the mastering skills to your toolbox, and then that's that's uh, something else you'll have to kind of be a value add to your clients. Yeah, absolutely. And I have to say as well, one of the other things. Um, one of my clients says in his e-learning, which I've kind of now adop- adopted, is is work smarter, not harder. Yeah. And if you get to a point, I mean, I'm doing this with an audiobook I'm doing in a couple of weeks' time. Um, it's 103,000 words. It's about 11 hours of audio. Uh, and with all due respect to every every profession on the planet, my time as a voice actor is better spent recording than it is editing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not least because I'm not that quick at it. So it'll take me a long time to do it. So That's I outsource true. the editing. I, you yeah. know, I just send someone the audio and let them cut it up and debreath it and get rid of mouth clicks and things and put it in the format that it needs to be for an audiobook. And then that's, you know, 20, 30 hours I get back to be doing recording. So, yep. um, you know, you can outsource audio editing perfectly easily and happily and sort of build it into your cost model if that's something that you find ridiculously daunting. I love it. Delegate, delegate the stuff you don't want to do or that you're not good at. Yeah, you know your your time and your money is 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 spent behind the mic, not behind the mouse. Excellent, excellent. All right, well that that's phenomenal. I, I do have a question, and I can cut this out if you can't. But Eric wanted to know if you could do a grunt voice. I I, I think he's talking about Halo. Oh, oh, like a a grunt marine. Uh, is it a grunt? Are there grunt marines? Because I think grunts are just um you know that's the the colloquial term for cannon fodder. <laughs> cannon fodder uh yeah. yeah yeah he says grunt marines a grunt marine i can certainly sound like that sir <laughs> hello master chief 
<laughs> beautiful, man. Beautiful. Well, dude, dude, I cannot thank you enough for for coming on and sharing this and uh and I, I, I hope that you get some new clients out of this, actually. That would be great, yeah. I'll, and if anyone, you know, I'm, I'm a lonely man in a voice booth, so <laughs> if you just want to phone me and talk, that's fine. You can just leave the phone on the side and I'll just talk for a couple of hours until I feel normal. <laughs> I'm going to have you back on the show again sometime, man. Uh, be, my, be my pleasure, honestly. All right, so voiceofjbritain.com. Uh, what are you on Twitter, man? Uh, I'm at, oh God, good question, uh, at voicejbritain. <laughs> At Voice J Britain. Yeah. B R I T T O N, right? That's the one. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Well, thanks again so much. And everybody have a fantastic week. We will see you all next time. Cheers. Thank you.